The information provided on this podcast is intended to be educational and informational only and is not considered to be formal legal advice. The listener should not take or refrain from taking action based on its content. Any listener in need of legal opinion upon which to rely in decision-making should consider formally engaging an attorney to review relevant facts in detail and examine the pertinent law as it applies to those facts. Welcome to Real Estate Milestones, where we explore fascinating topics in commercial real estate with knowledgeable industry experts. I'm your host, Ben Malik, and I'm a young real estate professional who is passionate about adding value to people's lives through the incredible power of real estate. My goal is to help you discover what the heck is going on in the industry and how you can get involved. This is Real Estate Milestones, where your future in real estate lies just around the corner. Hello, everybody. This is Ben talking to you guys from Potomac, Maryland, and we have Chris Freeman from Portland, Oregon. He's the principal of High Tech Freedom Capital and um, has been uh, had a great career so far in, in tech sales, but um, I think I'll let him tell you some more. Uh, so could you tell us your story, Chris, and um, tell us a couple of milestones you you met along the way? Yeah, Ben. Well, first of all, thanks for having me on your podcast. Uh, yeah, so Chris Freeman, and uh, I have a company called High Tech Freedom Capital, and uh, it um, you know it's really a brand that I started up. So I've been doing real estate for about twenty years now, maybe now twenty one, while working full time in uh, the high tech world. Uh, been a sales leader and a salesperson for 26, 27 years, and the whole time investing on my own in uh, multifamily, smaller buildings, but multifamily real estate here in my backyard of Portland, Oregon. And uh, so I've had a different real estate brand tied to that for a long time. But at some point, I wanted to pull together, you know, really the three, the things that I enjoy the most professionally. And so, you know, high tech freedom or high tech freedom capital has really become a platform for me to pull together the three things that I'm most passionate about. You know, the first one is I love this whole high tech sales industry because just technology in general, it's always changing. So it's interesting. It's fascinating. You always have to be learning to stay relevant. Uh, if, you, if you're not learning, you, you start to fall behind. Uh, number two, you know, I love the coaching aspect of what I do as a sales director at a, you know, I have a, a first line manager role. I'm working with my people every day, helping them figure out how to solve problems, win more deals, make more money, uh, and sometimes just general life stuff. So I really enjoy that. And, you know, creating the uh, a podcast helps me uh, create a, an environment where I can expand my ability to engage with more people over time. And then the third thing I'm most passionate about is the, you know, the multifamily real estate investing, because it's been something that for me, uh, diligently doing it over time has really created the freedom that, uh, you know, that I had set out to achieve when I started really back in, in the year of 2000. Yeah, that's, that's super awesome stuff. And it sounds like you, uh, you know, have a really cool combination of all your interests for sure. And, uh, I like that. Um, so I guess, First, I mean, how have you been able to balance this, um, you know, your interest in real estate with also having a W-2? Yeah, you know, it's an interesting, uh, it's an interesting uh, challenge. You know, I, I think that, you know, you meet, I meet a lot of people that want to get into real estate and get out of their W-2. And I always worry about that, those types of people or that mindset, because, you know, for me, as I was building up, you know, call it your side hustles. I was building up my real estate portfolio and self-managing all of these properties, um, you know, up to a 110 doors over time, just in my backyard. Um, 
I made it a priority to always show up at my W-2 job, always deliver on my W-2 job and really over deliver because at the end of the day, I mean, it's just the right thing to do. They're giving me a paycheck. And so I have to, I have to prioritize that, you know, as number one and show up and deliver. And really one of the things I'm most proud about is, you know, after 20 years, you know, I have a lot of people that I've worked with over time that are now, you know, my investors. And part of that is they trust me. And, you know, part of that trust comes from the rep, uh, that reputation and that consistency of delivering um, over a, you know, 26, 27 year career. But, you know, going back to the point about, you know, the, the balancing that, you know, when, and I'm sure Ben, you probably have heard people and talked to people that, you know, they, they want to go full-time into real estate. They want to get out of the job that they're in. And I think, man, that's got to be real careful because if you're running from something to something, you know, when has that ever worked out? Right. If you're running from one boyfriend, girlfriend to another boyfriend, girlfriend, or a marriage or a job or a friendship or a relationship. Um, I, I just, that's the wrong mindset to start off your new entrepreneurial journey. I think you need to first stop and say, okay, I need to go kick butt at what I'm doing and really kind of hone my skills and then go make that jump. And I'm not saying it's, it's, you know, leaving your W-2 to go into real estate full-time is the wrong thing to do. But, you know, for those people that are considering that, um, you just need to set the expectation that, man, if I'm going to go do this, I'm going to go work harder than I did on my W-2 job. And for the next five years, uh, I'm going to work as hard as I ever have. And then I think after that, you know, you're off and running. But, you know, it's definitely about balance and making sure you get your priorities straight and being credibly focused on the time management and work on the highest priority things that, that yield the, the biggest results. Yeah. I think there's a lot of good points there. And I mean, what I thought of is that, I mean, if you're kind of running away from something into something else, it might even feel more about leaving this and less about, you know, doing the right thing here, finding the best deal here, like really doing the, the right start. It's kind of, you know, might, I guess, kind of the motivations might not align with the, the results that you're really seeking. And then, other thing is mentality wise, it's like, I, I really kind of seems like you might not be able to live, you're not living as much in the present. You're kind of like, oh, like looking on to bigger and better things where like a lot of it is about the journey along the way and like embracing the, the current. And uh, I think that's the, the best part, you know, always do my best in the moment, even if I have a, you know, it's, I'm working towards something in the future. Absolutely. Yeah. So that's awesome. And I guess something that I've been really interested in, it seems like you're an expert that might have some, some intel on this. Um, I mean, you having some, a lot of background in, in real estate and being an expert in tech, kind of wondering like, what are the coolest or the most innovative combinations of tech and real estate that you're seeing now? And where do you think that's going to go? And, you know, what's emerging? Yeah. You know, I wouldn't consider myself an expert in tech, right? I, if I was, <laughs> I'd be, I, I would be an engineer, not a sales guy. Yeah. Um, I, but I do think that, uh, you know, the things that are prevalent in technology and business that, uh, you know, it seems like some, some of these things sometimes are slower to, to develop in the real estate space, but they're, they'll be coming. I think things like artificial intelligence, you know, taking big data and being able to crunch that down into ways that allow you to make more automated, more intelligent, you know, quicker decisions. Um, you know, you're seeing more tools that are scraping and gathering more information from markets and from listings and, um, you know, maybe able to maybe being able to do analysis quicker, more automated through big data. Um, 
you know, there's this whole tr trend around starting to integrate the whole blockchain technology into real estate. And I'm not an expert on that. I'm looking to learn more. I'm going to a conference in January. I'm looking forward to hearing a couple of people speak about that. Um, but uh, yeah, I, I just think that, um, you know, and then, then there's the operational side of it, right? All the software tools. I think when I first started in real estate, uh, doing our accounting in a ledger book, you know, binder paper, file folders, and, you know, getting my partner to agree to go get a SaaS product uh, and create, you know, the online portal for the tenants and allow them to pay online. I mean, that was like a revolutionary upgrade to our business. And, you know, you would think nothing of that, but that was a big step for, you know, when I was working with my partner, he was 30 years older than I was. So it was, you know, pulling him, him in quick kicking and screaming into, you know, the technology world was a, was a fun, fun next step. That's really funny because to me, it's like, I, I cannot have it any other way than online bookkeeping. I mean, like what, what I feel like paper makes it a lot less efficient uh, in, in a lot <laughs> no, of ways. It does. So, yeah. I guess um, maybe the, the kids of 20 years from now will be like, wow. Like they really had like escrow agents. Like there wasn't smart contracts fulfilling yeah. all these uh, transactions and whatnot. And I think um, that's a really cool frontier also. And uh, I, I do a lot of research into that because um, I like the, I like new things and I like the un unprecedented um, frontiers. And so I think it's really interesting to learn about blockchain as well. Cool. So, um, I, I guess I also would love to hear, you know, what's something that you've learned from your, um, tech sales background that you now apply to your real estate, um, endeavors, like in terms of advice or, you know, lessons that you've taken away. Yeah. You know, I, I think it, it's it, sort of, I, you know, now that, uh, well, I think about my journey in, in real estate and, you know, earlier on, I looked at my tenants as my customers when I was directly managing it. And, you know, I was always thinking about, you know, how do you, how do you deliver value to that client? Um, how, what are they looking for? And then how do I deliver that? Um, you know, fast forward, I'm a little bit more focused now on larger deals and capital raising. So now I, I really look at my investors as my clients and, you know, the, I let the property manager run the property and focus on their end user client, which is the tenant. And so when I'm working with my investors, it's the same thing. I'm always very conscious. And this is you know part of being successful in selling is it doesn't matter what your product is. It matters what problem are you solving for your client? You know, maybe it is they're trying to get freedom of time. Maybe, um, you know, they're just maybe they've had some of their own real estate and they're they don't have time for the toilets, tenants, and trash. And they're really just interested in more of a passive um, real estate investment, you know, so taking away the, the hassle from them. Maybe it's about creating that cash flow so they can start to kind of wind down from their W-2 job. Or maybe it's just, maybe they're overloaded on just the stock market and their 401k and they want diversification. So long, long winded answer saying really just trying to understand each investor's goals, needs, Heck, even their dreams. And, you know, if there's something that I can be doing to help them, great. And by the way, it may end up not being me that provides it. Maybe it's, you know, I don't have the right solution for them in terms of the the offerings that we're doing. Uh, maybe it's somebody else and I'm happy to help them with that. Yeah, I agree. And I definitely, when you change your outlook or you take an outlook of, you know, everything you do is how can you add value? And I mean, that's like the, the, the possibilities are endless and, you know, you really can, um, you know, if you kind of become you know, like a little, become pretty selfless and, you know, can really see, you know, you get satisfaction from doing the best thing for other people and helping them find the best thing for themselves. And I, I, I like having that mentality from 
um, are realizing that's really filling from the age I'm at now. So yeah, it's yeah. some good stuff. Yeah. And, and also, right. I mean, if you're ramping up a real estate business, you know, you have a, a duty to run that business efficiently and take care of your investors. If you have employees taking care of your employees. And so by always trying to understand, you know, the needs of your client, you're going to put out a better product, whatever that is. And, you know, at the end of the day, you know, you want to put out something that you're proud of that's delivering and driving value. Uh, and you can only do that if you're solving the right problems. Yeah, that's, that's great. And it's just a good transition into, you know, talking a little bit more about high tech freedom capital. But um, first, how did you come up with the name high tech freedom capital? And, you know, what does that mean? Well, yeah. So it's funny. I'd gone through a few. So my old company, which is still around, I mean, I still we still have properties that we manage with a Pacific Pine property, very generic. And one of the things that I learned over time was I'm not going to be my goal was not to be like the biggest real estate investment guy or person out there. I'm not going to be a Grant Cardone and, you know, or Rod Cleef. That just wasn't my goal. Um, and so one of the things that I learned through, uh, you know, working with a few people is, okay, well, you know, there's so many people out there that do real estate and so many podcasts. How do I um, focus on where I can add the most value? And it's, you know, really the area I can add the most value, it's the people I know. So if I go to my LinkedIn network, well, who are 80% of my contacts on LinkedIn? They're mostly people in the high tech world. And most of those are salespeople. And so I started thinking about my own personal journey. When I started um, in sales, I working for a high tech company, dumping all my money into the 401k, um, working for a company where they would give you actually double matching. I might be off on this. They give you more matching if you took your 401k matching in their company stock. And so, of course, I did that. And then I had you know, my stock options and my 401k was probably overloaded in technology stocks. And then my portfolio outside of the company was probably overloaded, unbalanced in technology stocks. Well, guess what happened? You know, the dot-com bubble burst. And um, it's not like the Great Recession where some of those companies came roaring back and did better before than they did before with their stock price. These companies went out of business. And so you went down to zero and you had nothing. And so I lost a lot. Um, but I had just started my journey at that point with a duplex and I had met my future partner who had been doing it for 30 years. And during the dot-com bubble, I was watching him still roll in cash flow to 300 grand a year from his assets that he had here in Oregon. And also watching his friends who had all done really well in their careers, but they were all having to dial it back, you know, not going on international trips, not going to their college football bowl games, not dining out because their stock portfolio was also cratering at the time. And that was really when I decided, you know, that's uh, real estate's for me. Uh, you know, I want to start building up that, that future cash flow. So fast forward, um, what I've learned was that if I want to continue to help other people experience and benefit from the same benefits that I've had from real estate and, you know, bring those people along as investors into the bigger deals that we're doing now, 100 plus units, um, I need to shrink the pond of my focus so I can be so I can be seen, so I can be a bigger fish in the pond or maybe the only fish in the pond. So, you know, I really want to be thought of as, you know, the real estate guy for high, for tech salespeople. Um, and so that's really where the name um, came from. And I, I give a shout out to a Julie Holly. She's just somebody in my network. We were on a call and I was running a name by her, totally different. And uh, she goes, I don't like it. And it's like, you know how you get all excited about something and you're all, you've got, you've been thinking about it for weeks and weeks. And so 
I really wanted her opinion. So I ran it by her and uh, she just totally shot it down. And then she said, but, you know, what do you think about this? And so she searched and she's like, hey, this name is available on GoDaddy. I'm like, okay. So that I hung up the phone, went and bought the URL. And that's where the name uh, came from. Yeah, that's an awesome story. I mean, it sounds like some great milestones along the way. And I mean, it sounds like you, you got a lot to relate to with uh, the niche that you're, you're filling. So I really like that um, position. And um, so I guess, you know, getting a little bit more into it, um, what are you working on now? Yeah, so, you know, I know the name of your, your show is uh, Real Estate Milestones. So, you know, I shifted from really just investing in my backyard to looking at larger deals with other partners outside of Oregon because I wanted, to, I wanted to diversify outside of the state. I just, you know, I was up to 110 doors, really no ge geographical diversification. But, you know, when you start investing out of state and you're not there, you have to think about the business totally different, differently. So that was a big milestone for me because while I was comfortable owning, running, operating and investing in my kind of smaller, you know, 20 door assets, um, I wasn't experienced at the time of something out of state. And so that was a new learning curve that I had to go through. So um, started figuring out, right, well, if I'm going to go outside of the state and get partners, I might as well look at something bigger. And so that, you know, that first milestone for me or that next milestone for me and my team was all right, hundred plus units in different States that we were going to syndicate. And so we started doing that and uh, we just uh, wrapped up our third property, uh, third syndication. Um, it was, a, we did a couple of properties in Atlanta, um, did one out in North Carolina and we've got a really good deal flow of, um, of properties, you know, coming uh, our way into the, you know, the partnership that I have with two other people. Um, so I think uh, right now, right now it's the Carolina, we're looking in the Carolinas, North, South Carolina, Georgia, Florida. We might start looking back at Texas. Um, you know, it, it's, we just haven't found the right deal there, but um, that's, what's keeping us busy. And, you know, we've got a couple in the hopper right now. Awesome. So um, I want to ask you a little bit about, your team and, you know, kind of what your mentality is on creating a team and, and how you operate that. But um, first, I mean, do you have any advice or, you know, any knowledge to impart on how you've been sourcing the deals that, that you, you've been, uh, you know, seeing? Yeah, that's a good question. And that's really part of my team. So that is not my strength. Uh, I, one of my partners, he is pretty focused on the deal flow side of it. And he's been networking like crazy for five plus years in those markets. And um, I mean, for him, it's a full-time job. And uh, so instead of me trying to go out and find these deals, you know, he used to live in Atlanta um, and he's pretty well connected in that Southeast area. So you know, one of the things we've, we've worked on is, is using him as the funnel of deal flow. He'll, he'll take the first look at it. Um, go through a checklist of things, kind of do the quick analysis of it. And if it looks good, then he'll do some deeper analysis. And then he won't even bring it to us, the, the other parts of the team, until he's done some additional vetting. So by the time he brings it to us, it's a pretty solid looking deal. And, you know, then we will start poking on it and dig in a little bit deeper to see if there's anything that he missed. But by the time he brings it to us, um, it's a pretty high probability it's a go. Oh, you know, and then we have our other areas of strength that we focus on. Yeah, well, that sounds super efficient and um, that sounds like a great delegation. So, I mean, yeah, can you tell us a little bit more about your team and then, you know, what role you fill and kind of how you, you make sure it operates as smoothly as it seems like it does? 
Yeah. You know, I think there's a lot of people out there, especially for the early career people or the, that are newer to, to real estate that want to get on a team, right? They want to get on a GP, want to be part of a deal. And uh, I was that same way, right? I was, when I started looking at other markets, I was trying to master, um, you know, underwriting from the perspective of investors versus underwriting just for myself. Cause it's when it's, when it's, when it's yourself, you buy it, you hold it. Yeah. You know, if you don't have it just perfect, you don't have anybody to report to, but yourself. Um, and as I was looking at all the different aspects of real estate, I, I was not getting great at any one of them. And at the same time, I was also looking for partners. And so it was hard to really get great at everything and find partners all at the same time. So a couple of things that, that I did uh, to, to, to really link up with the right partners was number one, I stepped back to say, all right, what am I really good at? And for me, coming from a sales career of 27 years, um, I really enjoyed the marketing aspect, the investing, the, the uh, capital raising aspect of real estate and said, all right, well, let me go get that piece dialed in first, get really good at that. And then I can come back and look at the other pieces and, and get good at, better at those. Um, and then number two is, well, who do I want to work with? So instead of trying to have 10, 15 networking calls every week with different people to see, you know, who might be a good fit to partner up with. I picked one or two people that I became hyper-focused on to see, okay, those are the ones I want to partner with. So let me just pursue them. Let me find ways that I can add the most value to them so that when the time is right, you know, if they're looking for a partner, you know, they want to bring somebody on, raise capital, help with the asset management. You know, I, and I had a good balance sheets also to provide maybe some of the balance sheet for, you know, uh, loan purposes, they would think of me. And that worked out. So I ended up uh, one of the people that I was pursuing, I would call them every week. I would uh, give them just text updates on, hey, just got another $50,000 commitment here, got another $100,000 investor here, you know, for the next deal. I would also call him and ask him, hey, what are you working on? Can I, can I share some of the deals that you're looking at to give some of my um, friends and family an idea of what we're looking at? And he said, sure. And so um, you know, right. It's funny though. I'll tell you a little story. So right, right. I was about pretty much at the point where I was like, all right, I don't know if my strategy is working because he hasn't invited me yet to, to join a GP. And that day, as I was thinking about that, he called and said, Hey, do you want to join this deal? So it's funny how, you know, timing works. And then, um, and then we were off and running, but the piece that I would say is most important about, you know, finding a team and then really being on a team, um, just getting finding the right team, that's just the tip of the iceberg in terms of the work and the effort that you're going to have to put into it. Once you're on a team, especially in the early days, it's so important to figure out how do you over deliver on the value? Because you know, think about it, this is your, maybe you're on your first uh, partnership. Um, it's a trial, right? They're testing you out. You're testing them out. Um, if you like them and you want to continue to work with them, what can you be doing to over deliver? And just, you know, little examples. I was always looking for areas where maybe the team was struggling or maybe, for example, we were working on the investor presentation and uh, we were working on some slides and there was one slide on the map where we're showing the, the things around the property and some of the graphics weren't showing up really good. I was like, I got it. Let me go work on it. And so I took it, came back and fixed it and made it, made it look a lot better. Another just quick example is, uh, you know, I, we had our investor portal set up with a you know, platform called Syndication Pro. I just, you know, nobody asked me to do this, but I just created my own video 
showing how uh, an investor would first create their account, find the deal, go through the, uh, the whole DocuSign process of signing the subscription agreement, um, you know, in a nice short little video. And, um, you know, cause it's, it's not always intuitive. And, uh, and then I shared that with everybody in the team. It's like, Hey, feel free to use it or feel free to ignore it. But you know, if it helps great. Um, so little things like that to always be adding value to your team will, will help you, um, you know, grow. And, you know, maybe, maybe you don't do another deal with them, but you know what? They might refer you to somebody else that's looking for a partner at some point in the, down the road. And this is a small industry and, you know, having that positive referral base um, is going to really excel and propel your, your career in real estate. Yeah. I really like that mentality and just the, you know, the mentality of adding value always. I think it's uh, can only, only help in the short run and long run. So um, yeah, I think that's really good advice. And um, I guess you, it sounds like you started on the, I guess kind of took the capital raising side of, of things in the, in your team. So, and, and also from that story, it sounds like you raised capital before you even had your first deal. So I kind of wanted to hear about, you know, how you raised capital without having a deal. And also, um, you know, yeah, like if you could tell me a little bit about capital raising and you know what you like about it and what you or advice and yeah. What, sure. Whatever. Well, so mm-hmm. I didn't, um, I didn't raise capital before having my first uh, syndication deal, but I was out there telling people what I was doing, that I was going to be raising capital. So, uh, and it helped that I had also, right. I've been doing this for 20 years, but it's amazing how many of, of my friends or people in my professional network did not know that I'd been doing real estate for 20 years because I was actually pretty quiet about that. I felt like, Ooh, you know, if you're doing anything else, but working, you know, 80 hours a week, uh, you're doing something wrong. Well, that's not true. Right. It's, um, uh, you know, evenings and weekends, you know, that's your time. Um, and so once I started to tell more people about that, you know, and show them that, Hey, there is a track record here. They know me already. Um, you know, I started having conversations with people and telling them about the types of deals that I'm working on. Uh, and then if they expressed interest, you know, I'd, you know, I'd ask them, you know, what, how much are, how much are you interested in investing? If I've got the right kind of deal that fits this criteria for the, at the right time for you. And so I would build up that basically that soft commitment. Um, you know, and then once you get your first one, you start to kind of build up the whole mechanics behind the process. It gets it gets easier. You know, the automations, the marketing, the follow up with your investors, right? Because it's one thing to get the investors. Another thing, you have to communicate with them. You have to update them. You have to give them reports. Um, you know, so getting that whole back end process set up. You know, and then I think, you know, I to get started. I, I did send out an email to all my friends and family and said, Hey, here's what I'm doing. And you know, the number of emails that I got back from people was like, Oh, I didn't know that. And so I started having calls and it was fun because I ended up in a roundabout way. I started reconnecting with people I haven't talked to in years. I mean, you know, we're on LinkedIn and we're giving chats back and forth, congrats on the new job or new role or whatever it might be. But it was fun to just reconnect with people that especially over the last two years that just haven't seen or talked to in a while. Yeah, that's really awesome. I really like that um, idea of, you know, telling people what you want and, you know, that can, you know, only, only help when you've been adding value to people for so long that it can only help, you know, with people wanting to repay the favor or just, you know, looking out for you because they, they like you. And I think, um, yeah, I guess it's kind of a, what goes around comes around um, type of thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, um, we're, we're going to start winding down here, but uh, it's now time for the lightning round 
um, of questions. So uh, okay. are you ready? I hope so. All right. So they're going to get increasingly harder. So okay. um, we'll start with a maybe easy one, but let's see. So first, if you could have any superpower, what would you uh, choose? Any superpower? I think just, just nonstop health. If I could be healthy all day, every day, nonstop, that would be pretty awesome. <laughs> yeah, that's a, that's a good one. Um, I have a friend who's uh, pretty into that. He reads a lot of books and um, he's trying to develop that superpower with, um, I guess, science. <laughs> and um, all right, so next one would be, um, what's your favorite book or what's the one that's helped you most in real estate or in your career? Yeah, you know, so... I don't know if I have a favorite, you know, I'm, I'm always reading. So I read every morning and, uh, usually the the one that I'm reading, I'm pretty excited about. So I'm right now, I'm actually reading a book called, uh, why doctors don't get rich. And it's, it's an offshoot from, uh, Robert Kiyosaki. It's a doctor, you know, Robert Kiyosaki had his rich dad, poor dad. So it's all those same concepts, but really from a doctor, uh, perspective and the journey he went through. Uh, and I, I, I bought it for like three bucks. I was getting ready to jump on an airplane and uh, yeah, just, it's been a fun read. I, I think the one though, that, that I would highly recommend that really helped me make a mind shift with how I looked at things was a book from uh, or a book called who not how by Dan <laughs> Sullivan. And this is significant for me because I'm the type of guy that, you know, I just put my head down, I figure it out and I would spend a tremendous amount of time, you know, asking and thinking about how to do something. You know, if I hit a hurdle or a roadblock, I'd try to figure out how to go solve it and, and get through it. But what I learned from the book and uh, really it's changed how I look at things is instead of thinking about how do I do it? You know, the real question is who can help me get it done? And it's been a big part of my ability to scale and really get back some quality of life and just improve the balance. Yeah. So during this interview, I, I would think I was thinking that some of the things you're saying you know, aligned with that book. So I was going to bring it up and then, um, but yeah, I read that book a couple of weeks ago and it's really good. And like, I, I mean, the week before I just started thinking, instead of saying I can't do it, I was like, how can I do it? And then yeah. the next week I get a book. It's like, no, who can help me do it? I was like, wow, like that's really powerful. And, um, I've been applying that a lot. Cause like I, I, you know, I do a lot of things and I have my, my hands in a lot of different pots and I'm doing school and pursuing real estate and reading. And I realized that like, you know, people, believe in me and my dream and want to help me. And, um, I can add a lot of value to them too, because I mean, that's just kind of the mentality I take. And so, um, yeah, that's really powerful. I'm glad I, I learned that lesson and recommend it as well. Yeah. And, it's um, a good habit. You know, it's a good new question. And, uh, you got to get used to doing it, right. It takes a little bit of practice, but once you get in that habit, it'll be, uh, be a great way to look at things. Yeah. And just, uh, just to comment on that, the, the author of the book was not the person who, or I guess, yeah. How do, how do you kind of explain it? That the person who wrote the book is not the author of the book, but the person who wrote the book writes the whole book about him being the who for the author of the book. And it's, right. it's really, it's cool. Like it's kind of right. cool circle. Yeah. All right. So um, next one would be what motivates you to continue doing what you do each day? Yeah. So I have uh, I don't, I have a, you can't see my, my office here, but I've got my vision board in the back and, you know, there's some things on there that, uh, you know, every day when I wake up, I think about it uh, is, um, you know, so my kids, uh, my oldest one's going to be starting college next year. 
And, you know, I'm really wanting to build up that freedom so that when, you know, they get out of college, inevitably, you know, there's, there's probably a chance that they don't live in Portland and wherever they end up living, wherever they kind of build their family. I want to have that freedom and that flexibility and the financial capability. I can go spend a month wherever they're at. And if I want to go hunker, let's say they live in Phoenix and I'm going to go hunker down in Phoenix for a month and go to, you know, their kids soccer game or school plays or whatever, I can have that relationship uh, regardless of them being out of town. Uh, and I can do my work remote and I can have a team that can help um, scale that. So um, that that's a pretty, pretty important thing to me. Um, I'm also on the kind of the giving back side. I've been working on this kind of program. I haven't launched it, but um, you know, it's really an idea of building up a youth leadership and financial education program that, uh, that focuses on providing youth the life skills that they need to be successful outside of school. You know, unfortunately, there's just, that's just an area that's lacking in many schools. And, um, and you know, I've got some experience through another program that I'm looking to, to kind of turn into a, a nonprofit program down the road. That's awesome. Um, guest on the podcast a week or two ago um, has that same vision. And that's uh, what's driving her is to, you know, help teach financial literacy to the people because um, she's from China originally and she thinks it's really, oh, wow. um, yeah. So I'll introduce you to uh, Missy Liu. And great. yeah, definitely. That's really cool. Small world. Um, well, I guess not a small world and everyone uh, who is trying to help people in, in real estate and the people who are coming on here tend to have that mentality. So, but um, yeah, I'd, I'd love to introduce you. And uh, I guess the last question would be um, what advice would you give to someone who wants to follow in, in your footsteps? Well, I think doing what you're doing, which is, you know, get educated, get connected. Um, and I, maybe I assume you're talking about following in the real estate footsteps. Um, I would just immerse yourself into the topic, find uh, meetups and find groups that uh, get together and talk about it virtually or in person. And, you know, sometimes you, you can have a goal, but sometimes you just have to jump in and, you know, let a little bit of the current take you to where it takes you because you don't really know exactly how things are going to come together. Um, and it definitely is not going to happen just sitting, you know, in your home office doing nothing. You've, you've got to get out there and start immersing yourself in it, uh, immersing yourself with the people, um, and then be aware enough to see the opportunities when they present themselves and then jump on it. And I think that, by the way, that's, that's been one of the, my strengths over time was, I didn't have everything figured out, but there's been a few times where opportunities have presented themselves and I didn't overanalyze it. I, I knew I'd figure it out along the way. Um, you know, everything to taking my first job out of college to just so many decisions. Uh, you have to be ready to jump on an opportunity without, a, without all the information being available. Um, otherwise, you'll be looking back and you know, having that I wish I could have, should have, would have uh, feeling. Yeah, I really, really like that. And that's something I think about a lot. And sometimes I, I kind of want to flesh out my vision and, and my goals and understanding. So I actually know what the right opportunity is. Cause I'm sure there's a lot of great opportunities out there that are always coming. And then, you know, some of them might be the best opportunity for someone who's not you, but I kind of, I mean, I guess <laughs> I'm following up on that last one, but do you, you know, have a perspective on that? Just kind of, yeah. I'm sorry, a perspective on, on which one? Yeah. I'm, I'm, you know, kind of knowing what the right opportunity is. You know, I, I think you first have to ask yourself, um, you know, is it 
you know, I always start from kind of the ethical perspective. So am I doing something that's, that's, um, creating risk for other people, um, that I'm not comfortable with. And if it is, all right, well then it most likely is not the right opportunity for me. So I always start kind of with the basic foundation of, um, you know, ethics. And then, you know, then from there, it's like, all right, well, you know, keep it simple. Maybe make a list of, uh, you know, take a piece of paper, right. All right. Pros, you know, what are the good things that could come out of this? What are the bad things that could come out of this? Um, and you're not going to know them all, but really, you know, even if it was something, you know, even if something didn't work and it blew up and, you know, ended up, you know, taking a bunch of your time, uh, you know, early on, that could be a fantastic lesson for the next one. Right. I mean, we've all heard the story about Thomas Edison and how many failures did he have before he had a successful light bulb, right? He didn't look at them as failures. He looked at it as, you know, a thousand reasons, you know, a thousand, I guess what a thousand ways or, or different reasons the light bulb didn't work. I'm doing a horrible job explaining um, yeah, a story, but you know, each one of those was, you know, an important step for him to find a way to make it work. And so, um, you know, I would just keep that in the, in the back of your mind when looking at opportunities, you know, they could be, a, they could be lessons learned along the way to getting to some other bigger goal that, um, that you're trying to get to. Yeah. I really like that. I guess the simplest way to think about it would be, at least we know now this specific thing doesn't work. So you eliminated one, one possible, um, you know, or I guess in the terms of Edison, you know, one possible idea of a, how a light bulb should work. Um, mm -hmm. but yeah. So, um, I guess, since I put you on the spot, I'd like to give you a chance to get some revenge. So, Feel free to ask me anything you'd want to know. Well, I guess I'm curious. So, all right. So you're 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 in college. Um, when you graduate, what do you do? Yeah. So um, that's uh, something I've been trying to figure out for for quite a while. I know that um, I want to, you know, work to learn. You know, whatever I do, it's taking the mindset of like learning and you know doing the best I can because I think. I really learned well through action, through, um, you know, doing things rather than, I mean, I like to learn from reading and from taking in information all different kinds of ways, but I really want to immerse myself into it, whatever I do. So um, really I'm looking for opportunity where I could grow the most. And uh, I guess given down the line, I want to invest in real estate. Um, you know, the most I can learn about, about real estate. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I have a lot of entrepreneurial uh hopes and and um you know i guess yeah i'm mean, <laughs> inspired to to you know create and and build and, and solve problems as we we said before so um yeah i just i guess i'm in a way looking for opportunities to solve problems and uh sorry i wish i i think i always do and um yeah so i guess well, good. Mm -hmm. yeah no that's great it's uh you know, it's like that on the job training concept, right? You can read all the books, but sometimes it's the experience and the doing it that, uh, you know, giving people a chance to visualize and experience what it is that they're learning uh, will accelerate that learning um, over time. Definitely. Yeah, that's, that's, a, that's a great point. Well, um, I think that's that's it for, for the podcast. And uh, I wanted to thank you very much for um, all you shared. I think everyone listening is going to learn a lot from this. There's a lot of great um, nuggets of wisdom. And I definitely learned a lot and enjoyed this and just enjoyed this experience. So thank you very much for, for joining us. Yeah, well, Ben, I really appreciate your time. And if anybody wants to get hold of me, um, always open to talking. Uh, you can go to my website, which is hightechfreedom.com. Uh, you can sign up for our newsletter. You can go to the contact us now. 
Uh, I also have an ebook there on pass on how to invest passively in real estate. So any one of those you can check out, but you know, the newsletter is a great place. If you want to just kind of see what we're doing or, uh, or reach out to me there, you can also go to LinkedIn and uh, I'm just Chris Freeman on LinkedIn and uh, connect up with me there. And uh, you know, happy to jump on a call and help you out any way I can. Yeah, awesome. And I'll put the, um, you know, whatever links and and uh, places to find you in the show notes. Um, I'm not sure if there's more than one Chris Freeman on LinkedIn. So uh, make sure I put a link there. Sounds good. Awesome. Well, thank you again, Ben. Yeah, thank you. All right. See you on the next episode, everybody.